Happy Monday. Welcome in. Murray State Basketball Podcast as the Racers trying to move past the 69-66 loss to Chattanooga over the weekend and get ready for their very first ever game in the Missouri Valley Conference. Very first ever home game in the Missouri Valley Conference as they will host Illinois State coming up on Thursday night. We will peek a little bit ahead to that game coming up here shortly. Mostly we'll get into that game uh, on Wednesday uh, as we start breaking down the Redbirds. But coming up in just a few minutes, we'll talk with uh, Kenny Roth, the radio analyst for the Murray State Sports Network, and uh, get his thoughts on what he saw Saturday night in Chattanooga and also start, again, uh, flipping forward as we started to put together a little bit of a, uh, a body of work for this team this year and a little bit of a... A frame of reference I get you know when you when it just felt so premature early in the season where you would see a game against St. Louis and considering you didn't have any 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 frame of reference for for these guys outside of DJ Burns it's just very easy to sort of knee-jerk react to everything you see and it's just it's almost a, a whiplash effect early in the year where as we said, you know, oh, things didn't go well at St. Louis. I don't know about this team. And then you come right back out, you beat Texas A&M, and you're like, oh, this this, this team, I know everything about this team, and it's great. So uh, now that we've got six games under our belt, you, you, you have a better idea now of what we can expect. And, and what we can expect is not a lot of guys playing. We've, we've seen that. Seven was kind of the magic number. Six really became the magic number Saturday in Chattanooga. We've seen situations where really the best five has been the starting five without exception. They have been the best defensive lineup. For the most part, the best offensive lineup. And Steve Prohm has just decided to ride those guys. Uh, one of those guys who I need to get to because really that's the lead story of the day dj burns uh left the game on saturday night against chattanooga with two minutes left uh left limping and did not return talked with a high-ranking official in the uh, the murray state basketball program today his name's steve prome uh, i texted him and just said how's dj and as I said, the the uh, the very short and sweet answer was he's fine. So no reason to believe anything other than he will be ready to go uh, Thursday uh, against Illinois State. Part of the again from from the from the big picture of this team so far through six games. You know the the one thing that they don't do. We've kind of gotten over the rebounding problems a little bit that were that were such an issue early in the season. Um, not great. Still giving up. You know, they're giving up 30.6% of offensive rebounds. National average is 29%. So you're, you're, you're average. You're average. And that's fine. That's fine. The big thing with this team has just been not being able to force turnovers. But I think what you're seeing as, 
you know, they are turning opponents over 12.2% of the time. That is sixth worst in the country in terms of turnovers. And when we talked with Steve Prohm last week, he's like, look, we're playing in the half court. You know, we're not, we're not running and jumping and trapping and, and trying to trying to speed teams up and, and forcing turnovers. You're just trying to turn teams over in the half court. And that's hard to do. You know, a lot of that is you're almost hoping they make a mistake. You know, hope they make a bad pass. Hope they travel. You know, something along those lines where you're not even necessarily forcing it. Those are just self-inflicted. But I think as we've seen now through these first couple weeks of the year, the reason the turnover rate is so low, as Steve said, is they aren't pressing. The reason they aren't pressing, he's only playing six guys, maybe seven. But until he can confidently play those eight, nine guys and be able to get a rotation and get fresh legs out there, and we talked with Kenny about this, uh, as you'll hear our conversation here in just a couple of moments, you can't press. If you're only going to play six or seven, you can't press because you are just wearing your dudes out. And if you're going to empty the tank on defense trying to press and trap, you've just left yourself open for for major problems. So that's there's the give and the take in that. We're not going to press. We need to conserve energy. So we're not going to press, and we're just going to sit back. And with that, we're not going to turn you over. But with those starting five, just playing half-court defense has been really, really good. They have been in an elite level so far this year. Now, what we saw Saturday with Chattanooga, they had overall they had their worst defensive performance. 30 possessions gave up 30 points. One point per possession. There were 65 possessions in the game. You know, that that's that and that's that's generally the number. You know, and that's why, again, one point per possession, you're giving up in the mid-60s. You've given yourself a shot to win. Murray had a shot to win the game. But the key to the game was those of those 30 possessions for the starting five, the first 22 possessions, they were giving up 0.68 points per possession, which is impossibly good. The last eight possessions, they give up 15 points, five threes on those last eight possessions together. Suddenly it jumps to 1.88 points, and that was the difference. Is that fatigue? Is it Chattanooga just law of averages finally, they got hot? You know, they jack up 39 threes, and, you know, they made 13 of them, and, and, they, and they made, you know, five in the last five minutes. It's probably a combination of all of it. But going back and re-watching the game and charting the game, it was... When you force Chattanooga to make a basketball move and then shoot, especially from beyond the arc, they weren't very good. The threes they made, dudes are just wide open. Just standing there. Feet are set and they're ready to roll. And that is what ultimately doomed the racers there on on Saturday night. Uh, In terms of, you know, as we go now to... Uh, get ready to open conference play. You're, you know, you're three weeks in, you know, into the year. It, you know, I, looking at the rankings, national rankings, 
Murray guys that are in the top 100. Jacoby Wood, 11th now in the country in free throw percentage, 27 out of 28, shooting north of 96%. It's tremendous. Just kind of turns into how can we get him to the line more? And I think he only shot two free throws at Chattanooga. Made both of them because, of course, he did. Not sure how they can get him to the line. But that is a weapon to be able to – you hope to be able to get him to the line more than just, hey, it's the final two minutes and we have a lead and they're fouling and I'm going to go ice the game away. I'd like to be able to use that a little more through the duration of the 40 minutes. Uh, Jacoby and Rob Perry, uh, both top 75 in the country in terms of percentage of minutes played. Jacoby's 20th in the country right now, playing 91.5% of the minutes. Rob Perry's 72nd. He's at 87.5% of the minute. Those two dudes just aren't coming out, you know, sparingly at best. Get a quick, get a quick breather and, uh, you know, get back in. Uh, Kenny White. Uh, let's see. I scribbled it down somewhere, and I don't know where that scribble went. Oh, there. He's playing about 83.5%. And that would be so much higher if he hadn't gotten into foul trouble in that UMass game. I think he only played 23, 24 minutes. Uh, so, certainly you'd like to see Murray's guys work their way up there a little higher <laughs> in the national rankings other than just minutes played. Uh, but that is uh, that is where they are uh, right now. All right, let's get you in with Kenny uh, Kenny Roth after uh, after the loss on Saturday and get his thoughts on what he saw and also start looking ahead, see how this team has is rounding into form because ready or not, 72 hours from now, it'll be the Racers and the Redbirds in the Missouri Valley Conference opener. All right, Kenny, 69-66 Saturday night uh, in Chattanooga. What is what's your big takeaway from from what you saw there on Saturday night? Well, obviously the three-point line was uh, a, a large deficit for the racers to overcome um, with, with Chattanooga, you know, shooting it as well as they did, making 13. And now they took 39 of them. So, you know, the percentage wasn't just, um, you know, so much to overcome. It's just the volume. Um, and, and then I think on, on the other end of the floor for the racers, it's it just shot selection wasn't great, that there was too many possessions that, that the racers uh, gave up on early. And, you know, there, there's such a direct correlation between ball reversals and defenses breaking down that so many possessions, you know, we, we didn't give the defense a chance to allow us to get a high percentage shot. And, and that, uh, you know, we ran out of possessions at the end of the game. I thought the guys fought the last two minutes to, to get back into the game. Um, but, the racers weren't making that extra pass like we saw for three games in Myrtle beach. Shot selection seems to be a recurring theme throughout the year. And again, whether it's guys just jacking it up with 27 left on the shot clock, just because, Hey, I'm standing here and I'm open or just for it just, especially for a team that you've got guys that like to shoot the three. Yeah. But collectively you're shooting 27%. Uh, it's not that the guys can't shoot the ball. It's just, it just feels like, the, there is such a huge chunk of those that are just boiled down bad shots. I mean, how do you, how do you correct that? So, so much of shot percentage behind the three point line is the footwork before 
the ball gets to you by being shot ready. So when a ball is being reversed to you, you see guys get their feet set, the ball reverses, and they are gathered under control and they shoot a higher percentage versus when you're coming down in transition off the bounce, having to come off a high ball screen and jumping up in there. Those are those are lower percentage three-pointers. So I, I think just ball movement will increase our, our three-point shooting percentage as a team. Uh, the, the other piece that I think would increase it is by getting Jamari Smith a, a paint touch, you know, at least every other possession uh, before you, you know, you, you launch one. And that was, uh, you know, we joke about the old Popeye Jones rule, but my first year here, Popeye's senior year, we had some guys that really liked to shoot it and decided that Popeye needed to touch it once before each possession. And what happened was defenses collapse and, and ball gets moving and you get higher percentage shots by getting a paint touch. What happened with Jamari from your seat in the second half? I mean, Chattanooga's Jake Stevens is going nuts in the first half. He's got 20. Jamari was pretty much toe-to-toe with 15, and I think he scored with about 17 minutes left in the game, and he never scored again. He finished with 17. I mean, what what did they do that just – or what what was the self-inflicted cause maybe of, of him just being – just going AWOL on offense there the last 15 minutes. Yeah, I I personally think he was winded down the stretch. You know, the last eight or ten minutes of, of playing time, uh, he he just he, – he had a large defensive responsibility, especially the first half, uh, in trying to defend Jake Stevens. Uh, now, D.J. Burns took on a lot of that in the second half. But I think he was fatigued, and then he got that third foul with 17 minutes to go, and he and DJ Burns both had three fouls, and so I think it, I think it affected the way they played a little bit. But uh, you know, you kept thinking that that he might come back and get more involved offensively, um, but it was tough sailing in the paint uh, against that big seven footer, and uh, I was wrong going into the game. I, I wondered really how good Jake Stevens uh, is, and he's going to be a pro. He, he, yeah. will, he will play in the NBA because he can shoot it, and he's got a 7'10 wingspan. When they said 7'10", I just yeah. that blew my doors off. And I'll tell you, I watched him walking down the floor when his arms were, were, were sliding. They were hitting the top of his kneecaps. I mean, it's <laughs> the dangerous thing I've ever seen. I thought DJ and Jamari, for the most part, battled with him well down there because he's as big as dude they're going to see all season long and I think from from the concern level of that maybe misguided concern of Murray State has undersized bigs how are they going to handle when they've got to go up against a big guy like that I thought for the most part I mean he did a lot of his damage from outside but I thought I thought when they were down low I thought they did a really good job on it. they just did a, nice, a job of just chesting him and and walling up you know with their hands extended um, the, the wear and tear of that, what concerns me is the depth and if, if foul trouble happens because, you know, DJ Burns game is, is an aggressive style of basketball defensively and offensively. And so, uh, one having some depth where he doesn't get any fatigue fouls is very important because he, he is, when he fouls, he is tired it happens over and over. You see it. And he's good about taking himself out of the game when he's tired. But I think 
you know, developing one more big that can come in and give some minutes there will be important. We've seen glimpses of, and we've, you know, I've certainly talked about it ad nauseum at this point, those eighth and ninth guys, but it's been Sam Murray kind of sneaking in a little bit. We saw Justin Morgan get some time there uh, at the end of the both halves there on, on Saturday night as that eighth guy, as, 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 the, as the extra guard to be able to come in. My, from my perspective, just knowing Steve and knowing that he wants to play, you know, seven's his perfect rotation, you know, with a little eight and nine sprinkled in. Like he went six basically Saturday yeah. at Chattanooga. From my seat, all, all I'm able to read the room is he is not comfortable with what he has right now, with what he has, what has developed so far, putting those guys out and ultimately one high leverage situation after another here at the beginning of the year. I mean, is that, is there something I'm missing or is that, is that really just the easiest way to look at it? No, I, I think you're right. The, the difficult piece for coaches in developing bench is the trust of putting them in the game in, in important minutes, uh, which all of the minutes to date have been important. There, there just haven't been, you know, either up 20 or down 20 games uh, where you can get guys in. But then, but then the other piece of that is so do you try to find some minutes, um, you know, where you can so that the payoff is bigger on the back end because at some point, you know, a sprained ankle or, or something that forces your hand, um, you know, makes it really difficult if, you know, if you haven't developed your bench. Now, I think these guys are capable. I think there's talented players, but they're, they're new. They're new to division one. And so uh, getting them comfortable that they can play at this level not have to to think outthink what they're supposed to be doing and play on reaction is important. But the good news is that they're talented, and I think there's some upside there. All right, Thursday night, Illinois State comes in, open up Missouri Valley Conference play. I don't know, you know, we we the OVC back in those days, every couple of years, the schedule would cycle in. You get some December uh, conference games. Here we are. Um, I, I'm sure Steve would love to get another six or seven non-conference games in before we get into these. But six games now in your pocket going in. Uh, we'll start glass half empty. What what has been your biggest uh, disappointment, or at least the thing that just glaring to you that needs to improve as this team moves forward into the season? Well, um, I, I guess probably the depth is the biggest. If there is one. Um, and, and I don't think that that is something that is not um, that can't be fixed. You know, I, I think as guys continue to improve and, and what we don't see behind the scenes is assistant coaches that are working individually with these players on their games, getting them ready, getting them more confident. So I, I think you'll see some breakthrough moments there. Um, on, on the other end, I love the, how hard this team plays. Um, I, I think that they have uh, shown that they can play high-level competition and, and match the energy that they're playing against. Um, I felt like that they they let one get away on Saturday night in Chattanooga. That you know, looking back, they're gonna they're gonna watch that and see some areas that individually they could have played better. Um, I, I love the. Uh, inside outside ability of Jamari Smith to build around. I think he's he's a great scorer. Um, uh, you know, I think we'll see more and more isolation for Kenny White as he is the 
he is is the one player that probably has the most upside that could really elevate his game. Now that has to be wanted, you know, internally as much as externally. And he has improved significantly in that area and understanding about working hard and what it takes to be a great player. But one or two plays a game, he takes my breath away in the in his ability to make some plays. And so I think we'll see more and more of that. He's Kenny Roth. He is a professional broadcaster, seamlessly going from glass half empty to glass half full without even taking a breath. Appreciate you, Kenny. All right. Good to talk to you, Jeff. One other stat that, that slipped by me in terms of top 100 in the country, Jacoby Wood, 81st in America as of today in terms of fouls committed per 40 minutes. He's just at 1.3 fouls. So I guess there's two ways to look at it, depending on if your glass is half full or half empty. Is he, is he just not really guarding anybody or is he doing a really good job? If nothing else, we'll go glass half full. Because that's what that's what we try to do here. That uh, you know he's able to he's able to guard and defend uh, without fouling, and that's certainly what you want. And I think he can get the benefit of the doubt with that, just sh- showing how those top five guys uh, able to defend together, and, and how they have really limited scoring uh, from their opponents. Murray had let's see, Chattanooga had sixty five possessions on. Saturday night. 51 of those possessions were either Murray starting five, and then the other 21 were Brian Moore subbing in for DJ Burns or Jamari Smith. 51 of those 65 were when those six guys uh, collectively were on the floor. You know, and as we talked with Kenny, this. This is a big week. I think it, it, it's a big week in terms of this feels like a spot. Murray is fortunate, excuse me, fortunate to just have the schedule fall the way it did. Where you've got Illinois State, you've got Valpo, and those are, at least according to the computer numbers, the 11th and 12th best, or the uh, 10th and 11th best teams in a 12-team conference, and Murray currently in in the third spot. So you are hoping that you can have relatively, you know, go win by 15. You know, give Steve some breathing, get up double digits in the first half, where Steve can have that confidence to be able to work some dudes in and get them some run, and just kind of you know see what see what you got. See what you've got. But most importantly, you know, just try so you can continue to keep the pressure up defensively that you're not having to have your guys play 38, 39, 40 minutes every single night. But uh, that has been the case so far that you've seen that uh, from, from, the, from those starters, especially the guards. They've kind of rotated through, you know, it, Jacoby – We'll play 40 one night. Kenny will play 40 the next night. Rob plays 40. Sometimes they do it on the same night. And uh, that will be that'll be a key. I, I don't know that it's sustainable. I don't know that it's sustainable. But I say that the way the Missouri Valley Conference schedule is broken out, it's not the Thursday, Saturday like in the OVC. You know, you get a lot of Sunday, you know, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. 
going down the schedule. Tuesday, a lot of Tuesday Saturdays where you've got you've got time in between games to get some guys some breathers. So if Steve does feel the need, this may be one of those load management things. You know, practices are are maybe a little bit different, but if he feels the need that he's got to go six or seven, and that's all he feels comfortable with, the way the schedule is laid out, it gives that opportunity uh, for that to happen. But we'll worry about that uh, down the line. Next up, it's Illinois State Thursday night CFSB Center, first ever a game in Missouri Valley Conference play. I know Murray State is doing their best to get as many folks out there for this one as they can. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip-off at the CFSB Center. Coming up Wednesday, we will unleash the scouting report on the Redbirds and uh, see what Murray State's going to have to do to get back into the win column and start Missouri Valley Conference play 1-0. and Thanks for listening. Murray State Basketball Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, You can do it over at Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.